Welcome back to the Librarian Linkover Podcast. I am your host, Laureen Kennard. Job hunting has been a hot topic in the LIS field for quite some time, but we normally hear from the job hunters, not the hiring managers. Well, that changes today. My guest today is Emily Week. Emily is the founder of the blog, Hiring Librarians, where she conducts surveys and interviews with hundreds of people who hire librarians in all library types and nearly 600 job hunting librarians. She has worked with authors of over 15 books on LIS careers and of 21 scholarly articles. Emily has worked in public and academic libraries and served on the board of the California Library Association. Emily, welcome to the Librarian Linkover. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Tell us why you started the Hiring Librarians blog. Sure, um, so I actually started it twice. Um, I started it in 2012 um, when I was maybe about six months out of library school. Um, and I had been, I had had a library assistant job that I really loved and I had been laid off from that. And so um, I was looking for a job and just feeling really confused. Um, I had had that library assistant job, but only for a little while. Prior to that, I had worked in grocery stores. Um, and so I was totally new to the idea of uh, public library hiring. Um, I was also looking in academic libraries and uh, public libraries were just sort of, you know, the Byzantine government structures. I, I find that hard to crack and academic libraries are the own special uh, brand of um, awesomeness with the um, like all day interviews with a, a meal. Um, so I, I was seeing a lot of advice um, and a lot of it not being relevant because it was coming more from business um, fields. Um, and then I was also seeing just um, people who seemed to be professional career advisors. And I, uh, being fresh out of library school was still really interested in ideas about authoritativeness. Um, and I was also interested in ideas about um, informal research and sharing research outside of uh, like scholarly articles. So, um, I decided I would set up a survey and try to get people to answer it and then post the results on the blog. And I uh, sent out the survey and the first month I had about seven people reply and I felt really great and I had some really cool conversations um, with people. And then I shared it a little bit more wide, widely and the end of the second month, 150 people had replied. Um, and so this was still like 2012. So I feel like blogging is is has really sort of died off a little bit in popularity, but in 2012 we were still sort of at the end of the library blogging um, golden age, I guess. Um, and just people got really interested, and I um, ran it until about 2016. Um, and then in 2016 I uh, was getting divorced, and I sort of realized that. Uh, I could use my free time for fun things instead of work things. Mm -hmm. um, so I decided that it would be a good time to sunset. I also like I've had a full time job for long enough that I was really when I was thinking about libraries outside of my library job, I was thinking about things to do with that job. So I was thinking more about like outreach or adult programming or engagement. I wasn't necessarily thinking about how are librarians hired. Um, so I sunsetted it in 2016. And then this year in 2022, like a lot of people, um, I had sort of pandemic um, related restructuring with my life and career. I um, was pretty burned out of my 
public library job and I decided that I wanted to try to make a career that was more um, flexible and more sort of contractor oriented. So um, with that, I had a lot more free time on my hands. Um, and then I also had this motivation to try to join national conversations about library work. Um, and I looked at my Twitter account for hiring librarians and there was still about 6,000 followers. And I was like, where else am I going to be able to talk to 6,000 people? Um, you know, like, so I decided I would start it back up again and see what was going on. And it's been a really positive experience. Um, That's great. Yeah. What do you offer librarians who are job hunting? And what do you offer managers who hire librarians? Um, so I think the answer in both cases is sort of a broad perspective. Um, and more of an evidence-based perspective, I guess. Um, I don't know if it's quite uh, right to say that, but um, generally like the opportunity to see how people in the field think, and that means the breadth of how they think and the contradictory ways in that they think. Um, and sort of also the opportunity to think about um, current hiring trends or um, look at some statistical analysis. Um, I can list through the things that the blog I, I put on the blog because there are a lot of different feature, features. Um, do you think that would be helpful? I do. Okay, great. Sure. <laughs> so, um, so we've done a lot of surveys over the years. The current survey is sort of a general um, survey of people who hire. And I, I, I originally was thinking about hiring librarians, but I am trying to be broader. So we do hear from people that hire archivists or people that hire uh, people that work in library software or other list fields. Um, so sort of the same family. Yeah, the same family. Um, I, I think I have the most connection into the library world. So that's what tends to be the focus, but um, it's a big, it's a big tent. Um, so the current survey, I have about 185 responses from people who hire um, list workers. Um, and I post those individual surveys on the blog as well as statistical analysis. So when you look at those surveys, you can learn things like how um, how people contradict each other. Uh, for example, I was just post just um, drafting some surveys and I had two ac academic surveys that like one response right after another. And the first respondent was like, um, absolutely do not apply if you don't meet all the required qualifications. They're absolutely required. And then the person right after that was like, apply, even if you don't meet the requirements, I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> so I think like, when you look at all of those answers, you realize, oh, there's not really one way that hiring happens. Um, and then you can also look, uh, the surveys also talk about can reveal some larger trends. So I have some uh, questions that are closed ended. Um, like, for example, one of the questions is, does your organization, where does your organization first mention salary information? Um, and 70% uh, of the respondents said that their organization put salary information in the job ad. So you can see, I think that that is a trend. I think, um, you know, we do see orgs that don't put their uh, info in the job ad, but increasingly it's more expected. Like you need to tell us what you're going to pay before I waste my time putting together an application. Um, and then some of the trends I think are harder to parse. There's another question that I ask that's how many how many pages should a cover letter be? Um, and 49.5% of people say the cover letter should be one page. So that's just under half. 
Um, <laughs> and then 29.7% say two is okay, but no more. So um, it's hard to know what to do there. Can you stretch it to two pages? You know, I guess if you want to be safe, you want to do one, but what if you have a lot to say? So, um, you know, uh, so in addition to posting those surveys, both the individual responses and the statistical analysis, um, I also do a feature called further questions, which is weekly questions about hiring practices. Um, so I have a group of about 45 people that I email each week with a different question. Um, and then I also do the t post on, uh, I do the question on Twitter. And so people also respond there. Um, and I've heard that some libraries use these questions for also for internal discussions so they can um, improve their own hiring or, or just talk about, you know, what are their values of, around hiring. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's, it was really cool to hear that. I, I yeah. Um, a really popular uh, part of the blog is the interview questions repository. Um, and this is a spreadsheet that basically has collected responses from over 500 job hunters um, about the questions they're asked in interviews. So the way that it works is if you go on an interview as a job hunter, you go into the survey, you, um, you know, answer some questions about what kind of interview it was, and then list the questions that you were asked. And that's been going for over a decade, and there are over 500 responses in there. So it's a pretty, it's kind of a cumbersome spreadsheet. I, I tend to look at it and go like, I should really improve this so it's easier to use. But it also is just this massive resource that can really help um, prepare for interviews or um, my cat has started squeaking. I don't know if you hear a little, <laughs> yeah, this is really cute. She's a grown up cat, but has this really cute baby cat meow. So I don't know if that will be picked up. We're, we're, we're very cat friendly here on the podcast. Yeah, I think it, it, a librarian podcast, I would imagine. <laughs> very, very edgy. You would be. Um, <laughs> Uh, I have a few more things that I have on the blog. This is kind of a long list. Um, so I also do, as you'd mentioned in the intro, intro, I do summaries of current research. And we were talking a little bit about one of the most recent ones was a group of researchers that had um, looked at uh, job ads for cataloging managers, I think over the past decade and had sort of found some trends and they had been able to compare it with a survey from the previous decade maybe five years, I can't remember the time, the time period, but they had been able to, they'd used the same methodology as a previous survey. So they had been able to talk about the changes in cataloging management job descriptions. Um, so yeah, different uh, research into list hiring and careers. Um, I also do excerpts from authors of books um, about library careers. Um, I do profiles of uh, lists I keep saying list, but you say LIS. Uh, something I get, I think I read more than I talk. I'm LIS, list. You know what I'm talking about. Um, mm -hmm. so I do profiles of career related, career, career related websites. So things like um, ACRL has a website about residencies, like their residency interest groups. So I highlighted that. Or um, uh, there's a website in the UK called Library Returners, which is run by a woman who um, uh, returned to her library job after a break. I think she might have been raising children. And so it's about the problems or the, you know, the issues that you face when you're coming back to your career after a break. Um, a new thing that I'm doing this time around um, is a series called Hiring Better, in which I highlight um, 
basically tools for people that are doing hiring. So I've only had a few of those posts. One person I talked to was Ann Gillies, who is runs the Search Advocates program at OSU. Um, and she does this training, which I actually went through um, pretty recently uh, to train people to advocate for uh, EDI um, uh, in searches, so to make fairer searches. Uh, I have another small survey that's of uh, LAS folks who have personal professional websites. And then my current favorite thing that I'm doing, uh, when we did hiring librarians the first time around, I had a survey of job hunters. So that was um, people that were looking for work, talking about the things that they wanted, the problems that they were having um, in careers. And um, I've, some of them gave me their email addresses, so I've been checking back in with them, and that's about a decade later. So that to me is really cool to be able to see somebody's career. Like they filled out the survey about when they were looking for work, many people like just out of library school, and a decade later, where has their career taken them, and how do, what do they feel about library job hunting? Um, so that, that to me has been the thing that's the most exciting. You can see, now my cat, did you just see her go by? My cat is. I did. <laughs> she's scampering all around so i wish that you could see it on the in the podcast world <laughs> well maybe we'll uh, post a picture of her on uh yeah. when i okay. share your episode we'll post a picture of her oh yes my cat harriet i will share <laughs> a picture of, of her she's very cute <laughs> well one of the reasons i wanted to talk to you is because of all the stuff that you offer that i want to make sure people know about this resource because you have such good information um and sort of along those lines why do you think it's important to have the surveys and research on your blog and not just job posts themselves and like things like interviewing tips? Um, so I think a, there's a lot of that advice out already. Like if you want job hunting mm -hmm. advice, there are a, a gazillion sites you can go to. Um, I think some of the issues with library advice are one, um, sometimes the people doing the advice, you don't really understand their um, credentials or motivations, like part of their motivation is to get you to buy, buy their product, which is career advice. Um, and um, sometimes I think when we are talking about advice for library hiring, um, you start taking things as universally true. Like you talk to somebody and this person is like, absolutely, you can only have one page for your cover letter. You can only have one page for your resume. And that simply is not true for, um, it's not universally true. It may be true for that person's hiring, or it may be true for, you know, a certain segment. Um, Ann Gillies, who I've talked about before, who runs the OSU Search Advocate Program, uh, said in an interview to meet with me, um, our beliefs about appropriate search and selection practices are received wisdom that people get from the folks who are already at the organization or from some sort of apocryphal, ap I'm not going to be able to say this, apocryphal, Apocryphal <laughs> uh, statement. You can tell that I read more than I speak because I always those <laughs> things. Apocryphal. So um, she says hiring is received wisdom that people get from folks that are already at the organization or some sort of apocryphal statement from HR that somebody heard at some point and they tend to be rigid traditions that are very different in different places. So like at this organization, we always do hiring this way and it is the right way to do hiring and at this organization this is how we do it and it's the right way and it's there's no right way there's like a gazillion ways that people work so i uh, so the the point of having all of the surveys is so you can see that and you can realize 
you know, it, that hiring in a lot of respects is um, about finding the place that suits you or the place that you suit. It's kind of a nice way of saying fit, which I don't really believe in, but um, that is, uh, um, so yeah, there's not one way to hire. Um, and so there's also a secondary effect with the surveys, which is that they um, expose things sometimes that people, um, that are kind of awful or that, um, or moderately awful or just questionable um, because the surveys are both, some people um, have their name attached to their survey and some people post anonymous, 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 <laughs> they should have done tongue twister preparation for this podcast. Um, so um, some people, you know, some people have their, their face on it and some people they're able to just sort of let their, all their inner thoughts fly because they're not, it's anonymous. Um, so for example, uh, recently there was a, a person who in their survey, um, the question is, what are your deal breakers for hiring people? And she said, I'm going to say she, who this person said, um, one of my interview questions deals with intellectual freedom and it if it is not answered with a response in keeping with public library values or ethics, that is a deal breaker. Um, so I posted that on Twitter and I heard, uh, to me, I, I heard that and I was like, oh, this is a person that works for a rural library and they have a very conservative community and they want to make sure that they hire somebody who's not going to hide the LGBTQ books. Um, but I posted that on Twitter and a lot of people were like, oh, this person is talking about neutrality, you know, and it's sort of the opposite. Like this person is, uh, they want to hire somebody who is okay if they put Nazis in the meeting rooms, you know? So I think that was kind of an interesting discussion. Um, there was another uh, survey that I posted that um, the, the woman, the respondent said uh, that at their library, they were over 300% turnover since 2016 and couldn't attract candidates. Um, and so wow. just like was talking about this total burnout, really, really a poor leadership in their library. Um, and people were, were reading that. And I think as we were talking about before we started, like uh, just able to say, yeah, we are not okay. There's a lot that's really going, that's really awful. Um, and so that was sort of useful. Um, there's another example of a post that was from the first time around. I did a survey about um, I think it was in the state of the job market in 2015 and the respondent said in their um, response, do not go to library school. Libraries, libraries are a dying profession. Um, <laughs> That's not helpful. Like, we hear that in <laughs> Forbes articles, right? We don't hear that from within our profession. Um, but I thought like, I've seen that linked in um, MLIS course, um, people, professors will have students read it and just talk about it because it is, it is something I think that you confront when you start working in libraries. People think, you know, all of the ideas about pe what people don't understand what libraries are, pe people don't understand how it's changed um, post-internet. Um, and so it's, it's a, it was a discussion to have. And I think, you know, in that way, posting the surveys highlights some of these um, issues that, that maybe aren't highlighted in other ways or, or adds to the discussion on them. Well, and I think the value also, I think you add is that you come from it from a librarian point of view or an LIS, a list point of view, mm -hmm. where so much advice in recruiting and job hunting is so general because people don't understand what we do. Yeah. They, the stereotypes killing us. They don't really get 
the complex and high level and the, the things we do. So like when they're telling us things, it doesn't often make sense. Yeah. Because they're thinking like they go to the library, they check a book out. They're not understanding what goes into that library, that that book display, they planned that six months ago. Like they don't get what goes into it. So that's why, um, like I said, that's why your stuff's so valuable because you're coming from it within the field. Yeah. And it's not I, generic or general. Yeah. I do, I do try to like the things that I post or the things that I uh, retweet, I like, that's my focus is I want it to be very specific to, um, and like, like big tent librarianship. So, you know, archives, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, digital asset management, like all of the ways that you can use your degree or you can use your work in um, information fields. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I do try to keep it really targeted because I think there are a lot of specificities. Some librarians want to move up in their current library, but some librarians want to move to a different kind of library type. It can be very hard to move around library types, even though our skills are our skills, no matter where we use them. What suggestions can you give librarians who want to move from one type of library to another? Um, I think this is really tough. It's uh, a question that I hear a lot, uh, both people who want to move library types or people who don't have library experience that are trying to break into libraries. Um, and I think really the only, um, it, and it is one of the questions on the survey is asking, um, the current survey is asking people who hire library workers or less workers, um, how folks can make those jumps. And the thing that I see most often is that the person who is job hunting really has to make those connections for the organization. Um, as you said, like a lot of people don't understand what goes on in law libraries. Also, a lot of libraries don't understand the translation. Like if you work in an academic library, you don't necessarily understand all the things that public librarians do. So what the person looking for work has to do is to make the case for why their experience in one library applies to the other library. Um, so you have to read the job ad and look in the job ad, look for their, their uh, words and translate your experience into those words. Um, so uh, you have to, and then so I, and also that you, you need to address that both in your resume or CV and also in your cover letter. Um, the organization should be able to make those connections, but they won't. That's the, the, um, the job hunter will need to do that to have a chance. And, and sometimes boards don't make that connection, but sometimes librarians don't make that connection. Right. Where yeah. you maybe don't think you have to explain some things that you do. Yeah. You, you, yeah, you do, you definitely have to, um, you, you have to demonstrate both that you understand what the new library does. Like if you have experience in one library, you have to understand, you have to demonstrate that you understand the new type that you're going to, and also talk about how your experience fits into that. So here's a big question, Emily. Mm -hmm. What do you think are the top two or three issues in libraries today, good or bad? Mm -hmm. And this can be libraries or libraries in general or job hunting, hiring. What do you think are like the, the top three or th two or three issues in the, in the field? Um, it, it's hard for me to answer this because I'm always like, is this my opinion or is it like, am I really plugged into the <laughs> sure. library zeitgeist or like, is this sure. just what I see? Um, but I do have three for you. Um, the first is EDI um, or diversity or EDIB or DEI or, um, you know, whatever order you put that acronym. Um, I think, you know, we know that diversity and the lack of diversity in libraries has been an issue for 
uh, in America for hundreds of years, hundreds of years, 800 years, <laughs> between 100 and 200 years. Um, long time. Long time. Um, and I think, you know, we, we've been trying to address diversity for just as long. Um, so on one hand, I think um, EDI is sort of just the latest incarnation of trying to have a more diverse prof profession. Um, but I also, it, it also feels more hopeful to me. I, th I think it feels more nuanced and, and like there is a growth and understanding. Um, so um, it's definitely, I think it's something that it's a big issue and it's important, but it's also trending. So there's a, lo a lot of people, there's, you have to sort of start to understand the jargon. Um, and I think it being trendy is both a good thing and a bad thing because trendy means it's, it's more widely applied, but trendy also means it's more superficially applied. So um, if you're checking a box, that's not what you're doing. That's not, that ain't yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. say, that ain't it. Yeah. Um, so I think that sort of is the, like, the 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 issue to understand and be aware of and apply in your own work if you're looking for work or if you know i also know that job hunters will often ask organizations what their work is so as an organization or as an individual in um, the field um and then i think <coughs> oh excuse me um pandemic related job issues and so um i was i was trying to figure out because i was I was thinking about different issues and I was trying to figure out how I could sort of lump this category together. And I think it's all, all pandemic related. Um, that makes sense. Although, so um, it's things like remote work. People want to be able to work remotely. Um, people are leaving libraries, although that was happening before the pandemic. Um, library safety um, and sort of some of the, um, the vocational awe issues um, that are related to asking libraries to go above and beyond um, uh, library work. Um, uh, trauma in libraries, the Urban Library uh, Council, the Urban Libraries had that report on trauma in libraries. Um, and then also uh, along with that, I think is um, wages and workers' rights. Uh, a lot of libraries are unionizing. UW uh, has struck is currently striking or maybe i hopefully they are won or are close to winning their strike um but and yeah and maybe it's just because i'm reading about people applying for jobs but there's a lot of stuff that i'm seeing about like hey can we get paid more um like why don't we get paid in accordance to the work that we do um mm -hmm. and then the final issue that i see is um issues around censorship um and i think this is both issues around um uh, like when uh, communities are taken over by extreme right-wing groups that want to just take all the queer books off the shelf um, or the, you know, uproar against uh, critical race theory, like both that. And then I think it also ha is um, ideas around censorship that have to do with some of the reckoning that we're doing in libraries around um, neutrality and around previously, um, I think, you know, we're shifting away. When I was in library school, um, we were, I learned that libraries are supposed to be neutral. And then when I got out of library school, I started to learn, oh, if libraries are neutral, that means we're reinforcing white supremacy. It doesn't mean that we are truly neutral and welcoming everyone. So I think there's a lot of um, internal thought about like, what does that mean in terms of our collection development, in terms of who we let into meeting rooms, in terms of um, the, so censorship, I think, on both sides of that. Um, and is it censorship if we don't let not, Nazis into the meeting rooms? 
or is it just making people feel safe? Um, so those are my three issues, EDI, pandemic-related job issues, and censorship and neutrality. Three hot ones. <laughs> we could talk all day on each one of those. <laughs> so do you think new librarians should have a different job search strategy than experienced librarians? Um, this is an interesting question. I don't think so. Not really. I think it, it, you'll have a different, some different approaches just um, on the amount of experience, but um, I think um, both library, new librarians and experienced librarians, um, you want to research the job ad and the organization. Um, so you want to tailor, tailor your materials to the job description. Um, you want to lean on networks. This is where I'm giving my job advice that I said no one should ever give job advice, but this is my <laughs> job advice. Well, I did ask, so you're answering a yeah. question. <laughs> uh, so you want to tailor your materials to the job description. Um, you want to lean on your network, so you want to have the people in your network review your application materials and, you, you know, tell everybody that you know that you're looking for a job um, and then provide support when you need it in uh, if you feel bad or if you feel good. Um, you want to sort of start early, so you want to start, ideally start looking for a job before you know you want to look for a job um, because it can take a while. Um, the 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 new advice that I've been really thinking about um, in these past few months is that you want to have a mental health plan when you go into job hunting. Like it can really be um, grind your soul down. I, I hear from a lot of people. I, it, the first time around this was true, and, the, and now I'm also hearing from people that have had searches and they have been success unsuccessful for long enough that they really don't feel like worthwhile people anymore. And I, it's so not true. Like you are a worthwhile person if you don't have a job. You're a worthwhile person if you can't get the job you want. If you are stuck in a job that's um, toxic, you are still a worthwhile person. Like I don't think that your worth is determined by your job. Um, you know, but we have absolutely those not. Questions. And and also, you know, it's really stressful when you are looking for work and you're like, where where's the money going to come from? I got to pay my rent. I need to pay my mortgage. I need to eat. You know, so you really need to to understand that you're embarking on something that is extremely stressful, and you need to take care of yourself before you do it. Um, so and this and that's true no matter what you know, no matter what level you're at. Um, when you're thinking about what job you want, uh, I think no matter if you're a new librarian or an old librarian, you want to uh, have a basic understanding of your own needs and wants, um, where you can be flexible and where you can't be flexible. So if like you know you need this base salary, you know you want to make sure like how are you going to get that base salary and stick with that. But if you're like I don't care if I have dental insurance, you know. <laughs> um, and then I, I also think um, you probably want to um, have a plan for how you're going to negotiate when you do get an offer or to think about mm -hmm. that um, related to what your needs and wants are like. Um, and, and to think about like some institutions, there's really a lot of room for negotiation. Some will say that there is not. Some will actually not have room for negotiation. So you want to have a plan for, for the things that you want to talk about when you do get that offer. Um, so to me, the difference mostly between new librarians and old librarians, experienced librarians, <laughs> let's put it that I way. I think the new, the new word is seasoned that I've seen. Oh, delicious. Seasoned. Okay. Yes. Seasoned librarians. Exactly. Um, so if you're experienced, you have a greater understanding of the landscape of the possibilities. 
um, what your own personal needs and wants are in, in the actual context of a library work and where negotiation might be likely to succeed or not succeed. Um, so theoretically, you will have it easier if you're a more experienced librarian because you will have things that you can streamline. But also, like, there is always new, new things going on. Like, you might, I don't know, if you haven't looked for work for a while and you've been in one position, then you're probably a little bit um, siloed in terms of the things that you think about. So you might want to open up, um, you know, the, the, the discussions that you have to make sure that you're, you're talking to a broad range of folks. Whenever I talk to library school students, they're always super focused on getting that first job. Yeah. They're, they want the perfect job. What do I put on my cover letter? How do I say this? How do I say that? And I always tell them, just get a job. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. Like your first job is your first job. Yeah. Nothing's forever. Yeah. Just get a job and then get some experience, build your network, but uh -huh. don't put so much, you know, you have to have a job, but don't put so much weight on that first one. Yeah. You could get a job, get a doing part-time, whatever, whatever it is to get some experience, Yeah. but you don't have to stay in that job forever. That's just your first job. So take some of that pressure off of you have to do that perfect job that you're going to stay in forever and you're going to be able to grow and you're going to do all these things. Not every job will give you that. Yeah. Just get a job, apply for a job, get a job and start building your network. That's a, that's great advice. Cause once you do get that first job, it gets easier to get more jobs because you know, like you, a, you have the experience for your resume, B, you know, people, you know how it works. Like, yeah, that's great advice. When you think you want to go in one direction and you get a job doing that and you're like, oh, it's not really what I thought it would be. Yeah. You spend all that time trying to get this job and then you're like, wait a minute, maybe that's, I don't really want to go in this direction. So just get a job. Focus yeah. on getting a job. Yeah. That's, that's somewhat another, related to what you want to do. <laughs> that's another thing from the um, talking to the people the, the decade later, the people who were original job hunters and then talking to them is many of them are like, I got this job and I thought it was my dream job. And it turns out it wasn't at all what I wanted to do. So now I'm doing this completely different thing. One person I talked to is now a massage therapist. <laughs> she was like, I'm going to need their information library. for my podcast. It sounds like a good podcast guest. <laughs> well, and my, one of my library school professors always told us that the library school degree is the hors d'oeuvre mm. and your career is the main course. Mm. So you're not, you, you, there's so many things we can do in our career. There's so many types of libraries and places we can work that, I mean, some people do know what they want to do, but there's so many things we can do that the options, there's so many options. We shouldn't necessarily rule things out because we have one we want to rule in. There's so many yeah. things we can do. Yeah, that's, that's very true. So why did you go to library school? And based on your career so far, does that reasoning hold? Uh, I have the worst answer to this question, uh -oh. which is I love books. <laughs> I love to read. That's why I went to library school. That's not, a, that's not the worst answer. Uh, I mean, it's definitely the worst answer if you're you're asked it in a job. Like I, that is like <laughs> pops up in every survey. Like don't ever mention that you like to read. It's your, your little secret, but like really um, that was a major reason. Um, I also, um, other reasons, so I, I think I mentioned earlier, I'd been working in grocery stores, um, and I actually mm -hmm. really liked working in grocery stores, but, um, I got kind of tired of, um, the bottom line was always I had to sell somebody something. So I was interested in like, is there another career where I'm not selling something? Um, and then 
I wanted to go back to school and my ex-husband was like, okay, you can't just go back to school because you like school. You have to go for something practical. Uh, you know, there's some reasons why he's my ex-husband, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it was also, um, uh, it was, uh, there was a time when Obama was talking a lot about community service and it was like right in that time. And then I'd had a conversation with my father where he would, he said, I was talking to him about his career and I, and if his career had turned out the way that he thought it would when he was younger. And he said that when he was younger, he always thought he was going to change the world and, you know, have a career that really created change and, and did a lot of good. And he didn't feel like his career, you know, he'd had a, a, a good career, but he, he didn't have that sort of life changing aspect to it. So, um, all of those ingredients, like I put all of those ingredients in the pot and I came out with like, why not try library school? Um, and I feel like I was really lucky because it actually worked out that I did really like working in libraries and I do still. That's good. I'm, you know, I, I believe in a lot of the great things that the field does. So. Well, we're um, lucky to have you in all of your research. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That's really kind of you to say. Um, and I like, yeah, I and it, so I was in public libraries for a while, and I really liked public libraries. And then I, um, and then I, then I did get burned out. So like, does that reasoning still hold? Um, yes, kind of, because I do still really believe in libraries. But um, I, I do. I'm now at a point personally where I'm trying to um, re envision what my career is, and and um, I'm, I do have. So I'm, I'm doing a, a few different things. Um, I have this project. I. I am also hiring librarians. Um, I'm also a project advisor for um, LSTA grant, uh, people that get LSTA grants. Um, and I'm the Saturday librarian at a community college. Um, and I'm sort of like, I'm still looking for, like, I, I think I need one or two more gigs. <laughs> I'm not sure what that is. Um, <laughs> I was like, do I want to teach? And I kind of think that would be an interesting thing to try, but I've, I've sort of reached out to a few different uh, places and they've been like, no, thank you. We don't need you to teach here. So um, I am sort of still, I am hunting right now for like, what else, you know? And it, there, I know there are a lot of places where you can teach. So um, I'm going to keep trying that, but yeah. Where can we find you or your blog, your content on social media? Yeah. Um, so or the, where does your content live? Yeah, the, the main content of the blog is on hiringlibrarians.com. Um, and the main place to discuss content is probably on Twitter. Um, so I am on Twitter at hiringlib, um, L-I-B, hiring, L-I-B. Um, and so those are the main places. I do sometimes post on uh, different Facebook groups for libraries. Um, I also sometimes post on Reddit. Um, our librarians and our libraries. Our librarians has a lot of career discussion and actually there's a lot of good advice. Like there's a lot of, there's there's also mediocre advice, but there is also, I've seen a lot of people get great advice on Reddit from our librarians. Um, the blog auto feeds to Tumblr. So if you'd like to read things on Tumblr, you can, although you, I, I, I hardly ever check on it. Um, and I also auto feed, auto feed stuff to my personal LinkedIn but I generally don't connect with people on LinkedIn unless I actually know them um, in a professional capacity. So, um, yeah. Well, this has been really great. I hope, you know, you have a, your traffic increases on your blog as people yeah. are rushing to read all of your research. <laughs> Thanks for doing this. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, you're very welcome. I, I was really happy that you asked me to 
to be on this podcast. It's enjoyable for me to talk about it. And I, I really appreciate um, the opportunity. Thank you to Emily Week for being my guest today on the Librarian Linkover. Thank you to my listeners who've been so supportive of my podcast. I love hearing from you about how valuable you are finding the content that my guests and I are creating. Please comment on the episodes on thelibrarianlinkover.com or on social media on Twitter or LinkedIn at The Librarian Linkover. Thank you so much for listening.